up with this list. Some of the whatever face podcast. Oh, but you at least got to get the name right. Is that not it? Whatever face is it? Is it that what it's called? No, that's what they said it was okay, called. Okay, whatever okay. face podcast. I thought you were just oh. missing it. I'm like, what's up? What's happening? I got Jalen Brown face. I got Andrew Wiggins face, and I, and I got. Uh, I can't say uh, what I want to say because I called that nigga, this nigga that that face too many times, but. I got my man Jose Calderon face as well. Um, <laughs> I got some friends with me today. Uh, my good friend Vic from elementary school. I got my boy Coop what up, what up? from uh, Corner Battles. And y'all know the spicy bro, CJ. Of course, of course, of course. Okay, so it's good to be back, man. What's up? Shit chilling, man. Checking these fan duel tickets. Trying to make something happen. Got the hookah going. Got the drinks going. I got my family here. My bros are here. This is a good, it's a good feeling right now. I, I like that PC answer you gave. Vic, what's up? Yeah, I'm chilling, man. I'm good, man. Um, just finished doing a little bit of studying, but now, now I'm good, man. I got, I got, got the hookah going too, man. And uh, it's chilling out, bro. All right. Well, Vic meets CJ, the hookah god, and CJ meets Vic, the hookah what you smoking uh, on? Uh, right now, I actually have some shit called Skyfall, which is a um, it's a flavor that's basically like uh, watermelon, peach, and ice with mint. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a crazy blend that I found over the summer, and uh, yeah, it's been one of my favorites recently. So I'm I'm fucking with that right now. What what um what companies you usually fuck with? To um, get the, uh, the shisha. Um, what's the name? Yo, what's that John say right there? I, there's a whole bunch of brands that I fuck with, but oh okay, type shit. Yeah, it's usually, it's like a black jar with like a gold top on it. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's Adver or some shit like that. I don't know, but there's a whole bunch of brands that I mess with, man. I got I recently had a I recently found this gem of a shop here in uh, in Jersey where I live at, and uh, right. they got a, they got a lot of dope stuff there. So I've been supporting them, local you know small owned business, and they show me love, so I show love back. So right, word. Coop, what up, my guy? What's going on, man? Can y'all hear me good? Am I good? Yeah. Do you got your hookah set up or not? Nah, Scott don't do hookah. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I there's a version the where person. I can bring the Ciroc out, but nah. Nah, 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 nah. Ain't, ain't none of that going on over here. So, Coop, do me a favor. Go grab your Ciroc right quick before we get into these icebreakers. I want everybody to be comfortable up here. Uh, okay. Man, it's your first time. We about to have some fun. So I just want you to be Absolutely. relaxed, cool, calm, collected. Uh, be yourself. Don't feel like you got to sense yourself. I, I won't ever lead you down a, a path that you can't uh, walk down. So. Oh, yeah. no, nah, you're good. No, nah, we're going, man. I, mean, I respect yeah. that. All right, let's let's get into this. Uh, these icebreakers while uh, Coop gets the, the Ciroc out. I'm going to ask y'all these. Uh, Coop, I'm going to save you for last since you're getting settled in. But, Vic, CJ, I want you both to give me your average time that you either spend in a supermarket or the laundromat. Average time. Average time in a supermarket or a laundromat? Yep. Um, In a laundromat, I would say it's a minimum of an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, In a supermarket, I'm in and out in maybe 20, 30 minutes. 45 max. 20, 30 minutes? You got yeah. a list? Yeah, I go for y'all, bro. I'm in and out. I hate 
crowds and shit, like especially like in those type of places, especially with COVID outside. Like with COVID outside, that cut my numbers down drastically. I'm in and out of there. I'm, I'm in, yo, it's supermarket sweet, bro. I'm grabbing what I need and I'm getting the fuck out of there. Like it's not a game. Vic, what you, your average? Yeah, uh, I mean, right now, right? Well I, well, I don't know. Like most of the time with um the laundromat, at least just an hour and thirty minutes, man. Because I go in there really early. I'm one of those dudes that go in there when the sun when the sun's coming out. I I, I pack all the washes, pack all the dryers, and then I get up out of there. So it's usually like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the most of the hour and the thirty minutes. Like if I if I got a whole bunch of stuff, and then for the, um I make a list. And if I make a list for the grocery store, for the most part, if I, I usually go to Wegmans or something, and they got an app, so I just pick whatever I want on the app, and I go pick it up. Unless I want like fresh tea leaves or like you know stuff like that if i'm making some of my african food and stuff a little whatever yeah, elixirs some bougie niggas, niggas I, I feel that bro I, yo. <laughs> stuff on apps now nah, when you said tea leaves i'm like yo what kind of recipe is that i need that that's fire right <laughs> <laughs> good looking yeah you can go get them by the pound and all that and then you know you and then you just buy the different strainers and you just so you put it together i'm like i like i love chemistry so i like to put things together and stuff and then like nice you know, nice nice i rock with that coop you got your drink ready yeah, um, this is the thing. Uh, I'm about to be bougie too because uh, I keep a list. Um, you yeah, so uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, uh, I got I just did this uh, spaghetti, this healthy style spaghetti, man. Because I'm trying to do better. I was just texting my shorty. Was like, yeah, this is different because she didn't got me all these seasonings with no salt. Um, I ain't no Mrs. Dash make seasonings without salt, so that was new to me as a whole. So. Yeah, I can uh, laundry mat. I don't spend too much time because I'm a big friend. I don't like laundry mats. Um, if I had to do it, I would, but I don't like laundry mats. But supermarket, average time, just depending on what I'm going in there for. I don't think I'll spend an hour in there. Worst case scenario, because I usually have a list, 30 minutes tops. I'm in and out because I know what I'd be going in there for. I'd be like, I need some seafood. I need some, a couple packs of chicken. I get my meats and stuff, and then all my um, my produce, whatever I need. So yeah, I don't be standing there too long. All right. Well, you since you niggas is a uh, list up, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll bring us back down to reality. Uh, shopping, mm-hmm. nigga, to be determined. I don't even <laughs> I go in there with a mindset of what I need to get, and then I see something that maybe either on sale or I walk down the wrong aisle. I'm like, oh shoot, they got this. Oh, dip. These came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Um, you the nigga that be looking for the new snacks and the cereals and shit. I do that yeah. too. So oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Don't be coming in there with hair and nothing. Yeah. Oh, this is I, I, I go in there. Go ahead and get this right now. Yeah, I, I be, I, I've been sent to the store for juice and I've come back with like a carton, like a, a cart of stuff because I'm just like, oh, this look dope. Oh, they got the <laughs> Spider-Man ICs. Let me grab this. I, uh, yeah, see, I ain't gonna lie. That's high end in Walmart, though. See, like, there's a difference between a supermarket and a Walmart. You gotta, you gotta be very clear with those. Walmart oh, be having so- all the super, like, super fire exclusive. Like, Walmart still got Oreo O's. Try finding those in a supermarket. Good luck. Like, you're not gonna find those in your average, in your average Sea Town, or you know what I'm saying, your food key, anything like that. You're not gonna find those. So, so I should ask you about Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Walmart, Walmart is different. Walmart, you got to go, you got to take your time. You got to go look for the gems. You know, I spend a lot of, being a cereal connoisseur like I am, I spend a lot of time in the cereal aisle looking at the different, uh, you know, new drops and, uh, you know, the classic favorites. You know, if they got them in a five pound bag, I'm definitely snatching those, the Fruity Pebbles and all that. Got to have those, you know, 
or the essential. Does that change your answer? <laughs> if it's Walmart? No. Um, like I said, I go ahead and say it. I'm going to tell you why, yo. I'm going to tell you why. We'll maybe start making a list. Because when I started realizing, I think it was one trip I made. And literally, I spent like $130 on groceries. So I was like, what in the hell did I just spend? And I'm I'm back at the crib like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I got an extra thing of that. Just because some stuff was on sale. My biggest problem was, is like, I see the uh, meats. Uh, like the pack of chickens that'll be marked down from like four dollars to like two dollars. Oh, I'm gonna freeze those. I got that. Let me go ahead and get those. I'm sitting with ten packs of chicken. Like <laughs> yeah, chicken for three months, bruh. So that's why I be going in with a list, man. Also, the the young lady I'm talking to now, she be like, you just gotta organize the grocery shop because you just buy stuff to be buying stuff. You do not need the new style fruit roll ups or anything like that. <laughs> She'd be like, yo, you just be faster and faster. Because I mean, I think that's all guys, though. We go up in there and see something that's on sale and be like, dang, that look good. It just yeah. be some new stuff. Yeah. Some French toast bread uh-huh. with, with glazed honey buns. It should be something random. You'd be like, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Nah. Nah. Vic, does that change your answer if it's Walmart or not? Nah, nah, man. Well, I'm always the type of dude. I always leave with at least one thing that I never had before. You know what I mean? I'm not like a creature of habit, but like even a Walmart, man, that place will get you lost, yo. I try to get in and get out. Unless mm-hmm. I see like a new juice or like some type of like crazy like Belgian waffle, like they just made it and I could like, you know, but other than that, yeah. I go in and I get out. Walmart get you lost. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't gonna hold you. Pause to this uh, for you niggas that would pause this. Um, I went to, um, I shop at Costco's and BJ's, but I went to BJ's and got overwhelmed for the first time because this BJ's was like three blocks long, nigga. I went in this joint and I was like, yo, I can only do one side of the Nigga, nigga. Yo, I only did one one half of the store. I didn't even make it to the other side of the store. Damn. I'm I'm a Costco shopper myself and my girl hates that shit because I be throwing all types of random shit in in the cart. Like I passed by I the sixty, I, I passed by the sixty pack of, of, of Rice Krispies treats that's going in the cart. Like you know what I'm saying? Like and now the whole, <laughs> not a whole crib is just eating Rice Krispies treats at a random time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'm that, I'm that guy. I see the, I see the five pound jar of animal crackers, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's lift for the kids. <laughs> oh, if I ever see somebody walk out with sixty Rice Krispies treats, I'm immediately, I'm immediately judged. I'm Why telling you, you I'm, I'm telling you, you're gonna see when you come to the house. I got a football team here, bro. So everybody is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can get kids allow you to get away with excuses, man. Yo, like, bro, man. yo. And then my, my ex and all lady. Oh my god. And it seemed like the kids' snacks be way better than the adult snacks. Hell yeah. Nigga. I was yo, crushing listen, my, my nigga. Ex's, uh, baby girl muffins. I was crushing yo, them joints. <laughs> the little birthday cake joints. I was killing them joints. <laughs> Yo, bro, we bought a box of the banana nut, the the little bites, the Edmund shits. Oh my goodness! Yo, man, me and my girl, good. me and my girl killed them. So the kids ain't have a chance, yo. They was they just might yeah. as well been looking at the box, like what flavor is that? Because we went we went crazy on that. That was that was gone before it started. You gotta make up some lie to the kids. They were like, "Where am I? I don't know." Hey, you yo, sure you ain't had that? Yeah. Yo, y'all have seen, <laughs> seen a snack so crazy that y'all open it in the store before y'all buy it and then take it to the register. No, nah, I'm not doing that. 
Yeah, I've yes. done that before. Yeah, I've done that. I've yes. done that. Nah, I've done that before. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was the cookies and all. Yeah, see, yeah, that's it. It was a cookie too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, yeah. since we're here, let's stay here. What set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable? Vic, go mm. first. Okay. The, the, the cashier most uncomfortable? Yep. Yeah. What item? I mean, back like when I had a when I had a shorty, I went over there and I had tampons and all that. And she yep, that's that's the one. That's the one right there. That's the one for everybody. Yeah. I had to do that shit last week. That shit was still crazy. Well, well you don't <laughs> have to. You two guys gonna have to find a different answer because he said that already. So okay, um, so if you're going with that, then the opposite of the tampons and the and the maxi pads and all that, it's always uncomfortable when you buy anything sex related. If it's condoms, if it's lubricant, anything like that, that shit is an automatic awkward exchange between you and a cashier. It don't matter where you show at. me condoms. Coop. Oh man, I was just. <laughs> Maybe some 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 type of cream that assists in rash and stuff at, in bad places. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> only thing I could think of. Honestly. Um, <laughs> walking there with some That would be bad. Room. Yeah, nah, this for me. Nah, I got kids. Right. I got kids. I got kids. That's why I'm getting it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. You get you up. Me too. I'm right there with you, bro. I got kids too. Nah, I don't got kids. I'm just saying that's that's, uh, that's, that's what you line. start making. You start making fake comments and shit. Like, nah, I got kids. Yeah, there's an itch over there. One of them. Yeah, they got a rash. <laughs> you blaming on the kids? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine would be uh, if it's any makeup, eyebrow, or whatever, you know, that's how they sell it in the CVS, like the, the little package where you got to get an attendant to come unlock it. You can't just pick uh, it up. Ah, yeah, the cage shits. Yeah, man, that shit is... Yeah, and, and then you got to almost, like, reinforce that you're buying it for a female, you're not buying it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, yeah. So uh, my girl wanted these uh <laughs> these lashes just so that they... <laughs> just no, so... You know what? I actually got a product that's uncomfortable for me to buy. And it's because of my skin. I have to use like the Dove cocoa, um, cocoa butter and Shea Moisture body wash. Oh, oh nigga, I, I, I buy Dove. Yeah. I buy Dove. I buy Dove. I have to use it for my skin. My chest out. <laughs> but nah. But the thing is, is when I had a loofah with it, that's when they be looking at me weird. Oh yeah, with the loofah, it looked crazy. I yeah. <laughs> looking with the loofah. They got the register like this nigga is limited on loofah. <laughs> they have to register like this nigga's exfoliating and he got candles in the car. <laughs> he got candles in the car. What's going on here? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We're gonna do one more and then we're gonna get into just some some more of this uh randomness. Uh CJ, start us off. What was your weirdest Uber experience? Oh, my weirdest Uber experience. Okay, so uh, I was in an Uber one time and the dude who was driving, like, you know, I'm one of those dudes who like, I'll keep the small conversation in the beginning of the drive. And then I'll like throw on my headphones or something. And I'm really just trying to vibe out, like, just get me where the fuck I'm going. You know, we don't got to talk. You'll get five stars. You'll get the tip. you get all that. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Pause. Um, this dude, like he started, he started with a small conversation and then the dude just went down a rabbit hole and this guy's life was fucked, bro. Like I like by the end of the ride, I was scared for my safety because like he was just <laughs> like this, like this dude was just 
he was like, he was just going through it. He's doing Uber to pay for bills. He found out his shorty was cheating on him. He felt like he wanted to kill himself. And I'm like, yo, bro, kill yourself after you drop me off. Like, if you're going to go into the Nevada, just at least let me get the way I'm going. Because this shit, yo, bro, the way he was talking. And then, like, you know when somebody's talking and, like, you feel what they're saying. Like, you feel the emotion. Like, he could have started crying at any point in this ride. Mind you, we're going from, like, Jersey City all the way to, like, South Bayonne. So, I, so let me map that out for y'all. That's like going from like Gun Hill Road in the Bronx all the way to like Times Square, 42nd Street. So I'm, yeah, I'm in the car with him for a minute, bro. And I'm shook. Like at one point I'm grabbing the door handle. I'm like, yo, I put this, I put the seatbelt on in the back seat. That's how you know it was crazy. I'm like, yo, bro. <laughs> like it was, yo, it was, yo, it was a scary, scary experience, bro. Like that shit was wild. I'll never forget that Uber ride in my life, bro. Like. I've, I've really ever been shook in a car. That was one of the times where I was like, yo, I don't think I'm going to make it to my destination because, you know, uh, prayers up for that, brother, because that shit was crazy. That's mad, bro. Yo, Vic, what's, yo. Your, what's your weirdest Uber experience? Oh, all right. So I never really had no crazy Uber experience, but I'll tell you this one time. So when I was on the island, I was just, I was in St. Martin and stuff, and um, and we hitchhiked. We did, It's kind of like we hitchhiked whatever we went to a club we was leaving it was some serbian russian dude he was like yo he wanted to give us a ride you trying to be cool that's the whole night so i sat in the front seat my boy sat in the back because i was like yo i can't be like yo i can't trust this cat so we got in the car we was driving and when we got like we went past this bridge when he was driving us back to like the dutch side he wanted to stop at like a strip club so we was like oh all right whatever you know <clears throat> that's close to where we at mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> i heard him he had a phone call he got on the phone call and he was like he speaks Serbian, and I had a boy that my boy was a Serbian, but like I, but we had people at school that were Serbian. So we, he had said I got two, but he said the word kidneys, and I was like, "Hey, yo, yo!" I grabbed the wheel. I said kidneys. I said, "Yo!" I grabbed the wheel as soon as he came to a stop. I was like, "Yo, let us out the car right now, like right now." And I told my boy, I told my boy, "Yo, hop out." You know what I'm saying? He was like, "Yo, the door's like." I was like, "Yo, I locked the door." He was like, "No, no, but it's right there." I'm like, "Nah, it's not right there." We got got out the car, and I was like, "Yo, we was we was kind of lit." We was laughing. He was like, "Yo, did you just say kidney?" I'm like, "Yeah, you heard him say that." He was trying to speak Serbian or Russian or something. I'm like, "Yo, he's trying to take our kidneys, man." So, yeah. So that was that was that was crazy. That was we we was laughing about that the other day when I spoke to him. I was like, "Nigga, nigga got in the car and almost lost a kidney." All right, nigga. That was crazy. I, I grabbed the wheel. I was like, nah, man. It's, it's, it's you and me, man. I'm keeping both of mine, man. Until I <laughs> Coop. Well, uh, Coop didn't really do Lyft or Uber until he went to California. So, because uh, I'm a person, I hate depending on somebody else to transport me to the other places. And um, I like driving from point A to point B for myself. So unfortunately, I ain't got no, because I mean, me and my shorty was in Cali, man. She hate, because I'm a talkative person. Like, I love to talk to people. Like, I can, I can hold a conversation with a lonely squirrel. Like, that's just how talkative I am about just having conversations. So she just, the only thing I can say is she would just be so pissed off sitting in the Uber. And me and the Uber just be having a good-ass conversation about everything. Oh man, how's your people? Okay, cool. All right. You you investing in that, and she just looking for she was shut down. Like, really, she was shut down. So I ain't got no crazy Uber experiences, 
I just seen some stuff when I got out of Uber, just like homeless people sitting there waiting for the Uber, like they called them themselves. That's the only thing I saw in California. But I ain't got <laughs> crazy Uber experiences. I just down like she was mess. She was like, "You ain't got Uber. I have my own vehicle. I don't need Uber." So yeah. Uh-huh. My joint, um, I was in Vegas with my, my brother, my cousin, and my god brother. <clears throat> and mind you, we had just gotten out of a cab because we was looking for the strip club. We had just gotten out of a cab. Like, the guy just dropped us off. and He dropped us off at one place. Place was was, it was very basura. So we was like, ask somebody on the way out, like, yo, where's, where's the next closest strip club? Guys like, oh, if you walk, like, two blocks, it's, it's literally on your left. So we walking, cab pulls up. Yo, y'all need a cab? We like, nah, we good, boss. We good. Yo, you sure you don't need a cab? We like, fam, nah, we good. It was like, yo, get the cab. So we, we all like started like, <laughs> we got in the cab. This nigga drives us literally up to like the block and a half we was going. He goes, don't worry about it. We get a kickback for every person we bring to the cab. I was like, oh, it makes sense now. So every time they drop people off at the clubs, the clubs give them a kickback. But it was like, oh, these guys are going to spend money. Long story. Oh. That's clutch. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't clutch to us because we didn't know what the heck this nigga was doing. Like, because we was like <laughs> under, we were, we were under the underpass, walking like towards right. the next club. This nigga just pull up. Yo, y'all need a cab? Nah, we good, fam. Yo, you sure you don't need a cab? Nah, fam, we good. Yo, yo for real, just get in the cab. I'm like, all right, my nigga, dang. We, we yeah. got in the cab, literally. You gonna take block the too. Yeah, we didn't know what the heck dude was gonna pull under the underpass. But yeah, man, that that that's my weirdest uh, experience. Um, getting right into it, man. I ain't gonna waste no time. What do you guys think about AB, man? Who, who wants to uh, jump in the water first, man? I, I, I can I, go with that. Yeah, I could do that too. Because I mean, uh, um, honestly, if his story is what he's saying it is, the Tampa Bay Bucks should be ashamed of themselves as an organization for how they handle the matter. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things where I think the uh, the players' association needs to step in because I think that that what he I think what he's saying is actually more common than what we know or you know what I'm saying think happens in the NFL, and he's just being the right. first one to openly speak about it and say nah like you know what I'm saying my health comes first, which at this point in his career and you know what I'm saying this stage in his life is super important you know what i'm saying the guy is already how many seasons in like he can't afford to you know what i'm saying be working on an ankle injury like that's crazy like especially as a receiver like you know what i'm saying this is not a lineman or somebody who could possibly work through the injury and you know what i'm saying wait until the off season that's his whole bread and butter is his his, his, his legs you know what i'm saying so if if they're trying to make him work through an ankle injury and he's saying that there's all kinds of fractures and you know what i'm saying that he has evidence then it's way deeper than what we think it is. And I think there's a lot of people in, in the media and a lot of people on social media and even in the league that owe that man an apology if, if his story is true and what he's saying is true. So um, that, that's just where I stand on it. I'm not a big, I'm not a big f- football fan. So could you kind of break down to me what you, what you meant by like, like his story? So, and all so, that? so, ba- so basically what he's saying is, you know, I, I mean, obviously you saw the meltdown he had, he took it off the Jersey in the middle of the game, left the field flew himself home, all of that. So what he's saying was that basically the Tampa Bay Bucks are aware that he's dealing with an ankle injury right now where his ankle has like small hairline fractures and you know what I'm saying, it's, it's hurt and he's not 100%. 
And the organization, the coaches, everybody on the sideline is basically telling him to go into the game and work through that. And he's telling them like, nah, I'm not hundred percent. I'm not going into the game. Like I'm not going to risk my, my ankle getting more injured and for, for a game. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. And you know, that's where they clashed. And you know what I'm saying? He got into it with the coach. Coach said that they was going to cut him. They proceeded to cut him today, I believe. But right. it's on the it's on the grounds that he said he and you know nobody's gonna I mean who's who the who the fuck is the coach to tell you how your ankle feels or you know what I'm saying if you're hurt or not like you know what I'm saying like especially if he's saying he got X-rays from his doctor showing the fractures and shit like I understand his 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 past and what he's dealt with as far as teams and coaches and the media and all of that but if he's right on this one he's right like there's there's no other way around it there's no you know what I'm saying there's no gray area with that if he's if I'm he's gonna hurt, jump in right quick. I'm going to jump in right quick and uh, unserious this out because CJ went straight to the, the gusto. Um, <laughs> let's let's just play. Let's let, All right. <clears throat> so before that report came out, there were a whole bunch of other reports saying that he was, um, before he came out himself and said he was dealing with an ankle injury, um, there were other reports saying uh he said that he was close to his incentives, million dollars in incentives, and they were mm-hmm. phasing him out. So that's why he uh, dipped from the sidelines. There's another report saying um, he wanted to go back in the game and coach – no, coach told him to go back in the game, and he said no. And coach was like, all right, well, peace out. And then he took off the jersey and dipped. Um, I'm here for the jokes. I don't, I don't know what CJ doing, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that nigga. <laughs> I mean, if we, I mean, if, uh, to play to play devil's advocate, if we're keeping it jokes and shit, he was very close to the million dollars in incentives. But what quarter did he leave? I think it was before the before the half. Did he leave? He like, left. No, it was, it was he close left. to the end of the third quarter. End of the third. End of the third? I mean, all right. See, that's where this shit becomes like so wicked because it's like, if that was like fucking. If that was like, uh, you know, Mike Evans or one of them niggas who hasn't been doing too good this season or hasn't been getting fed like that or nothing, then that's easy. That's easily understandable. That's easy to believe. It's fucking Antonio Brown. Tom Brady is looking for you every time he snaps the fucking ball. You are definitely, you're going to get that money. And not even that that money is even like, you know what I'm saying, so much of a thing to you. So, you know, that's where people started with the, oh, you know, this thing's crazy. Like, you know, this mental health and Listen, I, I get all that. I understand it. Hold on. Vic, I'm going to save you for last because I, I got a special uh, question I'm directing directly to you about this whole thing. Okay. Uh, and the three, of you, the three of you will see while everybody's saying, Coop, what's your takes on AB? Um, <laughs> I, I actually wrote a post about it. I, 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 definitely, about I, it. I 100% agreed with your post on this. I definitely um, did. So my thing is, is that it's hard for me to believe it's on your butt, and I'll say why. Especially when it's about the incentive talk, because once again, I am a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Not no bandwagon. I got the black. I still got my Derrick Brooks jersey. That lets you. Mm-hmm. So, so last year he was in the same boat, and they fed him the ball so he could make sure he gets incentive. That's what a lot of people don't know. That's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of people looked at the Jets record and was like, oh, they are absolute garbage, which they are. But they don't realize that the Jets have only allowed four 100-yard receivers the whole year. 
and it's five now, and three of them were tight ends, which is why Gronk got off that game. Mm-hmm. They rarely let a number one receiver go off. The only other receivers to go over 100 yards were Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, and they're both on the same team. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Jets, correct me if I'm wrong, the Jets been like that, not to cut you off, the Jets have been like that since Darrell Revis was there. Am I correct or am I wrong? They've always been a quarterback. Last year, they were were trash. Before Robert Sala got there, they were garbage like but um, what i'm saying is like cornerbacks and safeties has always been like a, a focus of their defense like they've always been yeah, the yeah absolutely because they used yeah, to have yeah. jamal adams yeah. too exactly yeah exactly adams. exactly but they play really good team defense on the air attack with mm-hmm. with uh re- number one receivers they're horrible mm-hmm. against tight ends which is why Gronk had his best game at mm-hmm. 115 that's the sports gambler you're talking right now here's mm-hmm. the thing if you injured, you weren't hurt when you caught 10 balls for 107 against Carolina last week. Mm, that's a very good point. But then you're not getting – you got five targets, you had three catches for like 26, 27, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, yeah, my ankle is hurt. Then not only do you now – we've all played some type of recreational activity at one point in our lives. Of course, of course. Even when I roll my ankle and it starts swelling, I'm not jogging or running off the field. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But all the stuff you were saying that was wrong with your ankle, you hopping, jump jacking across mm-hmm. the field mm-hmm. and hauling tail off the field. Very so what I will this. say this is that even though it's hard for me to believe him, if the Bucks and I put this even in my stats, if the Bucks, if he told the Bucks, yo, I'm not 100%, my ankle might be going out, blah, 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 and they still proceed to try to put him in. They wrong for that. Mm-hmm. They they absolutely wrong for that. But right. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think Antonio Brown really gets a thrill out of doing stuff that's gonna make people talk. Yeah, I can see that. I do I too. Definitely see that. Hold, on. A thrill yeah. out of. Hold on, this is Vic. Spotlight's yeah. on you, guy. <clears throat> As the only person with medical history here, if I roll my ankle. And I play any sport. To Coop's point, um, how much can I put on that ankle that's injured before it becomes a a problem further down the line? Like if you if you roll your ankle playing ball, yeah, yeah. So if you if you if you roll your ankle playing ball, roll your ankle. Period. There's two different ways you could go about it. So. If it's if it's inverted, that's not really that bad. But if it's like extroverted, like if it goes the opposite way, lateral to your body, that's pretty bad. Now, if he has hairline fractures, that means that the bones. So your your foot probably has some of the most bones in your whole body. So mm-hmm. like a yeah. lot of people don't know. A that's lot of why a lot of people think Meg's down line. I was just about to ask him, like, Yo, Vic, so you think Tori shot Meg or nah, bro? Because you, 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 like you, you can let me know. You don't even got to say it on air, bro. Just hit me in the chat after. I got you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, honestly, I don't really think he. I don't. I don't know how how she got shot in the foot like that, but I don't think so. Uh, from how she was moving after, but that's just. Thank my, you, brother. See, yeah, my man. See, I, yo, I, yeah, I fuck with you, Vic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if she got fully. It, it definitely wasn't direct impact. Probably a ricochet, most of the people like that. But um, 
as far but as far as your ankle being rolled, you could play on it. They, I mean, it's the NFL, right? Or in any of those professional leagues, they have some of the best physical therapists. They have some of the best regimens to like deal with um, bone and muscle. But if it's hairline, oh, he has something a whole lot worse than a rolled ankle. I was just saying in general, if you just roll your ankle, it's hard to play. But the stuff he was describing that was wrong was like, I'm like, how are you playing? Yeah, like, how are you hopping on? He's probably a warrior. That's number one. They probably gave him some kind of medication. They have all types of ointments and creams that can numb the feeling. Motorol, I think they said. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, they have all those kind of things where they can put it on. They can apply it topically to your skin, and and you won't feel it for the the like the beginning of the game or anything. But if there's any kind of pressure or weight from any kind of the movements that happen during the action of playing the game, he mm-hmm. could probably he could complain about it. And if I mean, if his hairline fractures, it's gotta hurt because. They, like if a bone has a hairline fracture, that means it's split in between the bones, and those bones are so little. That means that it's a it's a combination of a bunch of bones that have probably some hairline fractures that are not um, they're they're not connecting to the tendons properly, and he's he's probably pain every time that his foot touches the ground. So, and that is, I mean, but, to, to his defense, that is what he described. He said it was multiple. He didn't say it was just one. So yeah, I, I but, doubt it. I doubt it. Did that? Do you think that happened the game before? Like uh, Coop mentioned against Carolina, you went off and had a hundred something yards. Uh, here, if if it was, and I'm not, I'm really not victim blaming, but um, if it hurt that bad, how were you able to get through four quarters uh, the previous week? If your ankle is has been hurting this bad, how were you able to get through four quarters the previous week? And yeah. Let me ask you this, Corey. Have you ever taken a, a, a 30 Percocet? I don't know what um what the heck did I take when I went to the dentist when I had Well, let me let me let me tell you that if you take a 30 Percocet, you feel like Tony Montana at the end of Scarface and you can't feel shit, sir. So <laughs> let me just tell you that. They should have get they should have yeah. given that nigga the sack of 80, 80 yeah. if, if, if he if he definitely was on one of those, like you know what I'm saying? To his defense, it is there is ways for them to We've all seen any given Sunday, you know what I'm saying? And that was how yeah. many, I mean, years ago. You know, there are new advancements in medicine for them to, you know what I'm saying, work their way around these things. My thing is, it needs to be black or white. Did this happen? Is it a yes or a no? Because the yes or a no is going to tell us who's in the right and who's in the wrong off the rip. If he has any type of injury to his leg or ankle or foot or, you know, anything like that, Tampa Bay is automatically in the wrong. If he doesn't. Can I tell you something? It's, it, it's oh, on him. Right quick. Um, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with if he did tell them and that was the case that the Bucks are wrong. I don't agree with you there. My issue is this came after we heard about everything else. It was almost like um, what everybody does in America these days. Um, you get called out for something, you immediately play victim. And I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm not um, turning this on the Bucks because, again, if they knew and let him play or, t- or tried to force him to play, yeah, they're dead wrong mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. But it's the stuff before that. Like Coop saying, the jumping jacks, the mm-hmm. uh, running off the field, all that stuff we came out before. I mean, but again, we also got we also got to bring this into play, though. Everybody immediately wrote him off and said that he was the asshole and he was wrong for how he moved before they even heard the man say why he did what he did. Remember, right or wrong, has, remember has, he not, that, has this not happened with him of course, in the past of course, with other of course, teams? Of course, but you got to also remember, bro, every every different situation is a whole different ball game. We can hold the man accountable for everything that he's done in the past. We're talking about what happened right here, right now. 
What happened right, right here, right now, is he made the action. He left in the middle of the game, and everybody immediately started with the memes. Oh, AB is my mood on a work day. Like, you know what I'm saying? All of those memes, they started with the, you know what I'm saying? They, everybody started talking shit. They were judging, they, exactly, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were judging him. They were dragging him through the mud. There was a whole bunch of shit there. Nobody actually heard his side of the story or anything like that until hours later in the middle of the night when he chose to drop that song and release that statement. So it's kind of like everybody. It's funny that we said the Tory and Meg Thee Stallion shit because it's, it's a similar reaction. Everybody sees the, the situation, passes judgment, and then you're guilty until proven innocent. And that's a problem that a lot of people in America and in the media and on social media and everybody has is that we always quick to jump the gun and just get the jokes off and all that shit. And then when shit comes to light and it's a full, you know what I'm saying, we get the full side of the story. Now everybody looks like assholes. Everybody's just quiet. Nobody want to say sorry. Nobody want to humble themselves to admit that they was wrong. Nobody wanted, you know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, you know, not caping for the nigga because he's a millionaire. I really don't give a fuck. But, you know, he, you know, at the end of the day, this is a, a, a young black man who's, you know, being dragged in the media. No matter how you want, no matter how you want, how you want to cut it. All of these old 40 year old, 50 year old white reporters is here calling this dude a piece of shit and saying that he's not a proper teammate and all of this shit. And it's like, yo, you don't think you ain't stopped to think what was, you know what I'm saying? What was the reason for him doing that? Or, you know what I'm saying? How your comments could affect this dude or anything like that. Like if he was a weak minded individual, that would have sent him to a place where now it's a more serious conversation and ain't no jokes to be had. You know what I'm saying? So I'm and, glad and you. A, I'm glad you let us there. And, and that's a that's there. a that's a that's a common thing these days, bro. We see that shit happen with too many of our people. So that's one thing that, regardless, again, the jokes off. You know me, I joke all day. That's my thing. I love making people laugh. I love to laugh myself. That's how I carry myself. But at the end of the day, in the seriousness of it, that's the shit that needs to be addressed. And that's what nobody really talks about. That's the shit that gets swept under the rug. And it's like, yo, all right, well, you know, fuck it, we was wrong. We're just gonna keep on and move on from it and not address it. So that's no, me. That's type of shit as well. Hold on, I'm I'm here for laughs. If I'm right or wrong, uh, each <laughs> one of you know me. You know that I, I'm I'm here for the jokes to come up here and laugh at myself if I'm wrong. That's but, a fact. Um, Vic, I want to ask you because there was a lot of talk about CTE, and I'm not bringing you up here as a Surgeon General or Doctor Fauci <laughs> or set of yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was. From what you know about CTE, yeah. Do you so, think good? No, go ahead. Do do I think what? I was gonna say. Do you think not that more attention needs to be? Are those actions of someone that has CTE before we saw any of the reports that he put out about his ankle? Like basically, what he did, taking off the jersey, which is a, a huge no-no in the NFL and just dipping from the team sidelines, do you think those were any signs of, yeah, that's a person that may have CTE? Uh, like, I would have to study his his mannerisms and behavior for a, a concurrent of time, but I'll tell you this enough, that one concussion is horrible. Like, I, I mean, for him to have more than one concussion throughout his uh, career as a football player, it's, it's like, that's scary. So, like, for you to even go through one concussion as brain death in that portion of your brain and where you had it, so it's kind of like, it's crazy. That's why that's why it's a gladiator sport, you know. It's not for the weak N- and, and brain. Nigga, and, Troy Aikman still formulates sentences with the best of them. So, and Troy Aikman formulating sentences <laughs> when you see him in the queue. You didn't see Troy Aikman <laughs> when he's brushing his teeth. Troy Aikman. I I don't know what Troy Aikman's going through, but I just know that if he's sitting there, if he has one of those nights where he's talking to the glass of wine by himself and stuff like that, and he's talking to 
his family is forgetting like he's forgetting different uh, memories or he's at, oh he can't control his emotions because he's like his brain is not wired to deal with certain type of capabilities anymore that's because he, those neuronal pathways aren't working the right way CT is very serious and anybody who uses that as as a football player as professional football player who uses that as you want to say quote unquote as a scapegoat I think they got the right to because those guys that we see that are ex-football players or retired football players that and you find them dead in the motel and you're like, yo, what happened with them? Or they committed suicide. That's that's part of your brain being injured. All right. I'm gonna ask y'all this. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna ask y'all this moving on from A B, but on to just the the I wanna say sports in general. Um not too long ago. Ja Morant had made the comment um, that, oh, the crowd was chanting MVP for me not even um, a couple days ago. But when I came back and had a bad game, it was, oh, you suck. And he was like, oh, well, I'm off this for a second. Do y'all think, um, I want to say we all seen 90s sports being played. do you think athletes and I don't I don't want to be I want to be careful with what I'm saying. Do you think athletes today not that they're not mentally as tough but they're really starting to spotlight the effects of um negative mental health and how it can wear and tear on you because we've seen it with um Naomi Osaka, we've seen it with like all of the young athletes, they get they got a grasp on it and their thing is we're not going to let you push us to a point where y'all break us. Mm-hmm. So, Coop, I'll start um, with you. Do you think um, sports has gotten to a place now that the younger athletes are starting to take more of a um, – pay more of attention to uh, mental health? I think they have, but I think sports has taken the mental toughness out of it um, as a whole for the simple fact that I mean, I heard my when I was at my college coach's uh, Hall of Fame induction for our, for my college. He said if he was coaching today, he would have been fired for some of the stuff that he has done. I think it's I think it's important for athletes to to um, to take care of their mental health and mental health and mental toughness don't mix. You got to be one or the other, in my opinion. So if you are mentally tough a lot of stuff that people would say is mental health related, mentally tough people are not going to do because they're too stubborn to go get help and do that. So they feel weak. And that's what it's always been, especially in our black community. I mean, black men can't even cry. A lot of us couldn't even cry growing up. Coop, you, Coop, like, Coop, you, ju- Coop, you jumping, you jumping the gun, bro. So I, I, I got a structure for a reason. I know where I'm going. CJ anchoring this conversation for a reason. That's but a you, fact. You, you, you got us. You, you taking me someplace that's already on the docket, boss. You already we going there. My bad, my bad, my bad. I slowed down. Yeah, I think the mental toughness has been taken out of the game. I mean, it even starts with literally, like everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Yep. Everybody gets a trophy. So. A lot of these athletes don't know how to handle disappointment, don't know how to handle failure, um, and it leads to mental, mental, mental health issues. So yeah, I'm gonna slow it down because I was about to go to a deeper. 
Yeah, CJ, it. don't even say nothing because you I, don't even say a word. Yeah, yeah, you're. I'm, 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 I'm gonna just pour myself another drink. I'm gonna get ready for this. <laughs> um, Vic, <laughs> you played sports. Um, do you uh, feel? Do you feel? <laughs> not that you could play today, but do you feel like if you were a coach, you would be either canceled or considered too harsh? No, no, I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll be. I don't. Th- I think that anybody has a possibility of being canceled. But as far as mental health, I think that um, this is. I don't think that they. I don't think that they're not as tough. I think um, there was a lot of things that a lot of players back in the day never even had, never even had to even worry about, as far as like social media and how the phones attached to your life now. I think that kind of aspect mm-hmm. of it, and the fact that they have a voice now to be able to say things on their live. On their on their post on Twitter, on um and, and whatever through interviews, I think that as far as with that goes, I think they they have they speak about it so people look at it as weak. Also on the other aspect, like when you grew up and you play sports, you know, you have a good game, everybody on on you, you, you get your name called mm-hmm. on a loudspeaker, everybody when you drop the pass at the, <laughs> you know what I mean when you drop the pass when you when you drop the pass during the clutch of the game or you miss the shot, every, you, you know. Yeah, you yeah. When you do everything the right way, everybody's on you the next day in school. Everybody's on you. Everybody's looking. You got papers writing about you. You're doing everything good. Now, when you go and you do something crazy, or you miss a, a jump shot at the end of the game, or you pass the ball, call the timeout when there wasn't a timeout. People was like, "Yo, you bugging out. You bugging out. You trash. You went through that a thousand times." I yeah, that's a fact. You know, I feel like you went through that a thousand times, especially John Moran. He's just been on the top of his plane ever since he was probably playing. So, like, at the end of the day, I know he's been through this, but I don't know if he's been through it on this level. I don't want to say, like, but, I, I mean, I know people feel like mental toughness and mental health the same thing. I think, like, I have no idea what he's going through. That, that's already mentally tough for him to even just step on the court and perform the way he does. So, like, I don't think that. And you make a good point about that social media, too, because I didn't even think of that, is that, they got to see their clips and their highlights. That's big. Stop of this thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but and so, you, and but you, you got a lot of Twitter finger cat, cats too. Yeah, but you know what ben it is. Simmons. Think about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is like is a product of that, right? Like he, uh-huh. the, there was a lot of people during the postseason during that, the playoffs that were saying crazy. He had to look at that all off season. You know, mm-hmm. the social media mm-hmm. posts after the game, even from one game to the next game, whatever people yeah. are posting on social media, if, if he if he's active on that, if he opens up his phone. He's gonna see all of that. Back in the day, Jordan yeah. never had to see that. Pippen never That's had a to fact. see that. Charles That's Barkley a fact. never had to see that. We they had even... the option. They had the option of picking up a magazine and reading it. And if they didn't want to pick up that magazine, they didn't have to. So you absolutely right, right about that. Right. That 100%. last dance joint. That last dance joint with Rodman going to Vegas. Like we never even heard about that until he dropped the documentary. Imagine if he would have did that when when, when we were in the were social media there. area. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Man, Rodman would have been a rock star. But see, but see, you know, complete yeah, rock star. But you, you Rodman had health issues. But you, so you want to see what's yeah. the difference here, and what we not uh, another aspect of it too, and another layer to the onion is that you got a player like Ben Simmons who. The regard, the, the 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 majority of the backlash that he receives and the negative uh, stigma that's printed and you know expressed about him in social media is in regards to his performance. And then you got guys like Kevin Durant, who the the majority of the backlash and the stigma that they receive 
was in regards to decisions that they made and you know what i'm saying kind of stuff that they you know what i'm saying like they kind of made their own bed and was you know what i'm saying didn't know how to lay in it after that point and now all of a sudden you're creating burner accounts and you know what i'm saying you a little bit more sensitive than everybody thought you was you went from being this nba darling who everybody loved and admired because of the game and because of the fact of how you stuck it out in the okc and then you just did the golden state move and now everybody hates you so you know what i'm saying like that's the part that like you know i'm all i'm 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 somebody who I would like to think is is big on, you know what I'm saying, giving people second chances and you know what I'm saying, allowing people to redeem themselves and 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 you know what I'm saying, if you if you if you if you are fortunate enough in this life to right one of your wrongs, then you deserve all the flowers that come with that. But I'm also a person, you know what I'm saying, exactly, but I'm also a person that when you make that bed, you got to lay in that shit at some point, even if it's for a little while. And, you know, that's something that, you know, we, while we're here talking about how, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's difficult for us to be emotional and to display these emotions and get these things across and, you know what I'm saying, be as open as we should be or vocal as we should be about these issues. There's also the dudes out there that, you know what I'm saying, you kind of deserve what you got coming to you and you just don't got the thick skin to deal with that. You wasn't thinking about that when you was making your decision. You wasn't thinking about that when, you know what I'm saying, you were signing on the dotted line for that contract or, you know what I'm saying, you was doing what you did or you took Shorty home or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't thinking about these outcomes and these, you know what I'm saying, uh, how these situations could play out. And now it's just the you there playing the victim behind the own shit that you did. Nobody else. You know what I'm saying? It's not a performance thing. It's not a, it's not a you not being able to develop a jump shot. It's you taking your fucking jump shot into another whole situation where you ain't belonging so you know it's, it's it's those kinds of situations too out there and i think that's something that you know we have to be a little bit more better at differentiating the two i can sympathize for ben simmons i don't give a fuck about a kevin durant that's just me being blatant kevin, with it you know what i'm saying i think they i think they they made ben simmons the scapegoat though because we, yeah, we, we we forget tobias harris was horrible in that series we forget that's joel and b missed the game winning shot mm-hmm. i think in the game winning layup in game five Mm-hmm. Like everybody just made it. Everybody focused on that one clip of Ben Simmons passing up that layup on that mm-hmm. a point guard that was almost a foot shorter than him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean he just had demons at the free throw line. But I hate it. I hate it how they they made him the scapegoat. Yeah, I'm real big on team. It wasn't just all him. It was. That's a fact. That's a fact. Vic, what you about to say? I just got one question. I, I got one statement. I got one question. So my question first is: at what part of the uh, at what part are we saying it's the new era as far as with the mental health? What's the cutoff period we're talking about with mental health? Are we saying like LeBron, Carmelo, or we're talking about like Zion, Ja? Yeah, honestly, I think I think LeBron was probably the first one to really get the the, the backlash of social media, and you know what I'm saying? And with the decision, gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if right. you and if you want to be technical about it. The way he handled himself in that situation, and Corey, I know you're not the biggest LeBron fan, so you might want to you know, you know, cover your ears or, you know what I'm saying, because I'm about to give the man his flowers. But the way he handled that situation, he never, you never saw LeBron have a burner account or, you know what I'm saying, make any, you know what I'm saying, tasteless comments or, you know, say anything that was a little bit, you know what I'm saying, iffy in the media. If anything, he handled himself like a class act and he, you know what I'm saying, just stood shut about the shit because he ain't had nothing really good to say about it at all. He, and to I will, me- I will- I, to me, I was I was a I was a person who even me, I hated Braun after the decision. I thought that that shit was the most egotistical bullshit. Like I was I called him every name in the book. He was soft, he built the tea, all of that shit. Listen, all of that is well and good. I had nothing to say about that man after he went back to Cleveland 
and beat the Golden State Warriors when they were the most winning team. All right, nigga. Okay. To me, shit. Oh. To me, no, no, no. And now listen, listen, like I said, I know that's your team. I know, listen, but to me, it's shit like that, that that's a redemption arc right there. That's something that he did that, you know what I'm saying? Regardless if you like the dude or not, or you, whatever you felt about the decision, you can't really take that away from him. He did it. Like, that's part of history. It's, it's a performance okay. aspect of it. It's cold, hard. Here's numbers. my he, point. He did what he had point. to and it's not necessarily a dig at LeBron James, but where he didn't verbally show that the decision had affected him. If you remember that first year in Miami, Wade had to actually tell him, yo, tune out everything and just mm-hmm. do you. Cause he got there and he was stinking up the jump. Yeah, it, Offensively, yeah, but you know, but you know what it is. We need more of that, bro. We need more big homies that's gonna tell us, like, yo, you need yo, yo, Corey, you you know, bro, how many times you done went and told me, like, yo, bro, you hot out there right now, you need to cool out. And I'll be like, yo, you know what? Are you right, bro? Are you absolutely right. I needed that. Good looking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or you do, or you just important. be like, or, or you, or you just exactly, or you even just send a text message, like, yo, bro, I know you're going through something, but if you need to chat, you need to holler, whatever the case may be, my line open, let me know. Like, if we need more of that in the community as well. We need people that's going to, you know what I'm saying, protect one another and look out for each other's best interests. Because that's another thing that if you want another layer to the onion, that's not even enough. We don't support each other enough. That's whack to me, too. Hold but, on, nigga. You, me, all right, you jump all right, all right, all right, all right, a little bit. Let me just say this, right? I just want to play devil's advocate real quick, right? Because I say this to people, too, sometimes, just to be an idiot. But look, right? <laughs> so, like... Michael Jordan, right? Everybody like right. he the best when six for six in the finals and all that. But yo, the dude quit. Like in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. He took his ball so, right home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We nobody said he was sore. Nobody said nothing. About I did. Ball. I did, I, yo, bro. You just yeah, you just meeting me for the first they, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not saying that, but I'm saying a lot of people don't that narrative wasn't built about Jordan with his Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Like, you know, nobody was like, yo, son, this dude's mad soft. Took like three years yeah. off to play baseball and you come back yeah. and you won three again, but like, yo, that was some. He went through some mental health joint. He showed us how soft he was. I know you lost your father in law. That's man. a fact. All I'm saying. Yeah, is I, say, I think that's what it was. I think that's, that's why a, a lot of people didn't equate it to mental health because they knew how much his father loved baseball. He was doing that to pay homage to his father in baseball. I think yeah. that may be a little bit. Oh, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm just saying, like, it's still a narrative yeah. about your about how soft you are, like about mm-hmm. about your mental health and mental mm-hmm. toughness. There's a lot of players, of great players, Olympians, and people who were champions that they lost their dad on certain. Like even like Chris yeah. Paul. You know, Chris Paul won the championship when he was in high school, and, and um, his grandfather died the same day. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, I remember that. But it goes back to what you. It goes back to what you said, bro. We ain't had a platform for that. If we had the platform to call Jordan a cupcake back in the day, y'all would have been the first one like, yo, this dude is a hostess cupcake with the frosted. Yeah, bro, I'm telling you, bro. He might would have won 10 rings, bro. No, he would I don't think Jordan needed social media, bro. Nah, he, he would. He would have. He, he, he still would have had the. He would have. That would have been something we would have had to attest to the mental toughness. Yo, bro, look at Jordan. Yeah, look at Jordan's ego now, bro. Jordan can't. Yo, yo, bro. Jordan's ego is so crazy. He can't be yo. He can't be in somewhere and have somebody say that he's not the best there, like that. And that just yeah. you know, say some people choke that up to his competitive edge or however they want to cut it about him. Personally, I don't think it's that. I just think you know the dude is a lot. There's a lot more to him that we didn't get to see because of the fact that we didn't have as much access back then. You know, what I'm saying all of our favorite players had private lives back then. Something that they don't have now. They not afforded that luxury. So to me, Jordan is always going to be a what if. Like you know, what I'm saying we never going to. I got. Why. I got. I got. Um. I got to disagree with you on one point, and that's um the social media age was before um Bron and um Melo. Because if you think back, 
Kobe had to be called a rapist yep. for how long? He lost two. But, wait, but, but was that on Twitter and all that? Or was that just him being called that in the media? Because we got to no, no, separate no, no, the, the... No, no, you got You got to remember, Twitter goes back a long time. And I'm talking to like not clean Twitter now. But like I know, I know, like 2008, 2009, Twitter. Yeah, I was out there, Dirty Street Twitter. I was there, I was there. But I'm saying that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, did Kobe get the full effect of that? Like, was Kobe online for Twitter, or was it? It wouldn't have mattered to him though. It wouldn't to him. It wouldn't have mattered what you said, because like Coop said, Jordan didn't need uh, um, social media. Because if he did, he was making up stuff already in his head. Yeah, nah, but that's but that's what I'm saying though. If Jordan would have even if Jordan would have even had a and this again goes to the what ifs. If Jordan would have got a, a whiff that people didn't approve of him and say that he was the goat, undoubtedly, he would have dropped seventy every night, bro. He nah, yeah, he, I agree. But, yeah. No, 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 no. We we can't no no no. We can't say that he would have dropped seventy every night, but we can say that he would have definitely been emotional about it. It would have been some comments made. It would have been some tweets posted, some Instagram captions that would have been unsavory. Those are things that we can see know, for man. sure. We can see for know. sure that would have got... Look at the no. last dance, bro. Look at the last dance. Because a he, lot of the saying? NBA legends be like, like Reggie said he was talking. I'm just thinking like, and maybe maybe you, you're right. See, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, I don't see, know. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's hard to disagree, but it's, a, it's always a what if, bro. It's a what if. It's the Marvel episode of what if, the Michael Jordan one. Jordan. Jordan. And you got some no name Joe, like yeah, talking crazy to Jordan. Out. I saw that video. <laughs> like, like, bro, like, crazy I, to just, I think he would have went out there and won ten rings. <laughs> See, Jordan ain't need to be in no social media age. Bro. He did not. But, need but you know, but you know what it is. Also, on top of that, but you know what oh, it is. Jordan also, nah, I don't think he would have won ten rings for one simple reason. Scotty wasn't staying for that bullshit much longer. Scotty leaves Jordan. Yeah, stories. Jordan got a long shot at winning ten rings without Scotty. I'm gonna keep You're it missing it. With you. Those, those ten rings are easier to get if he stays and doesn't play baseball. They won three yeah. rings. He yeah. took a break. They came. He came back and won three more. But he was if only he on a break. For, he was only on a break for what? One year? Two years? Max? I think it was like two and a half. Yeah, two like two. Yeah. So that that, that, that puts him. That puts him at eight. Eight, 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 nine, no, I don't think he would have won 10. I think they could have became the first team to ever do a four-peat because it was just... Yeah, that's a fact. I, I, would, I wouldn't argue I don't, with that at all. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Like, I'm one of the people that actually argue like in the sense of that LeBron has had tougher competition in the finals. In Absolutely. My Absolutely. He's I had tougher competition. But I don't Le- think Le- when Le- people are talking about defensive teams, I don't think people really realize how good those Chicago Bulls teams were defensively. Like, everybody say, oh, Clay would have lit this person up, or mm-hmm, Durant mm-hmm. would have lit this person up, and da 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 I don't think they realize, like, Draymond is a hybrid of yeah. Rod. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, Draymond can score that's what I was about to say. He's Rodman and Rodman can shoot. And Rodman can shoot. But this is the thing. Right. Draymond ain't out hustling Rodman, bro. That's and a Draymond, fact. That's a fact. All, all Rodman would have do was got in his head. I saw a video the other day when um, Rodman was like checking, checking Alonzo morning out. And it made him uncomfortable. And Alonzo going to the bench is like, yo, you sick, man. You a mm-hmm. sick dude. Yeah. So it's just, I don't think people realize how really great defensively those things is. But no, Jordan's not. And I'm not one of those, like, I be I watch Undisputed every day. 
mm-hmm. um, I'm not like Skip Davis where he thinks Scottie Pippen was not uh, relevant to Jordan's success. And I'm just like, yeah, that dude, that dude, I don't yeah, even know how that dude is. Scottie, yo, bro, I don't even know how that dude still got a job, bro. That nigga is delusional. Like, that's all. Oh, People oh, love Skip, man. Like, yo, but that's. That's yo, bro. I'm Uncle Shannon all the way, bro. I'm you know, <laughs> Team Uncle Shannon all day. But before before we cut out this last thing, and, and this is gonna wrap up our uh, mental health. I feel like the three of you. I need to have you up here again so we can delve deeper into some more sports talk and all this other stuff. But before we before we cut out, one last thing. Uh, and talking about mental health specifically and uh, black men, I would say. Um, everyone here familiar with Earl Simmons? Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah? Everyone familiar with Earl Simmons? All right. Um, there was, there's a doc on HBO, and this is not, uh, oh, well, you had to do it to, everybody knows the story of Earl Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is basically framing the, the Black men dealing with mental health uh, conversation. Um, everybody knows the story of Earl Simmons was abused by his mom, was dropped off at the orphanage. Um, Pops wasn't around, got into drugs early because somebody uh, that he was cool with. um, Did him dirty. Yeah, and then he he basically battled his entire life um, in in therapy and with drugs, trying to fix his family. I even remember the, the joint he did where he was trying to, reconnect with his moms and he just broke down just talking about his past and what that what that was and bringing it to today for black men got somebody as young as John Morant talking about crowd reaction I think we do need to start making it okay for black men to experience or express uh, mental health. Uh, we're gonna go one at a time and touch on that. Um, Coop, I'll let you go first. We're gonna go Vic and then uh, CJ. You can close us out. Gotcha. Uh, it's definitely important. Um, and some that uh, CJ said earlier, I think it's important that you have a big home. I think mm-hmm. just as much as mental health is important, a big home is just as important, if not more important, because it can help get over that hump of mental health. But just speaking on mental health, um, I think there needs to be more action and without mm-hmm. judgment. Um, it doesn't, I think the, the one thing that will irritate me about the everyday fan is that they think a bank account makes people superhuman mm-hmm. when in all actuality they're still human. Like, why do I want to hear you, like some of the stuff that be coming out of people's mouths, why do I want to hear you talk about my family like that? When in all actuality, if it wasn't for this logo on my jersey and you being in the stands, you wouldn't say some of the stuff you're saying to me right now. Right. So it's it's legit. It's 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 finding a safe space for black men to vent and not be judged because we are our own worst critic, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of mental health, in my opinion. Where if I come to you as a black man, especially the old school, the old school generation of black men. Where if I come to you, be like, yo, John Moran can't go to Jordan and be like, man, this is tough. I mean, I'm struggling with my memory. He'd be like, bro, shut the hell up. Do whatever you like. He couldn't go to no Charles Oakley or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So I think there just needs to be an honest, a, a safe space for Black men to be able to do that and not be judged because 
I mean, like I told y'all the other day, I had a coworker commit suicide, and we didn't know. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I bro. just had a coworker legit commit suicide, and it's crazy how the signs are there, and and that's why I always tell y'all, even my fam, I don't care what time. If you thinking about doing something to yourself because you feel like life and put you on your call me, mm-hmm. call me, and there needs it, and there's no judgment. I don't care. I can't. Some of my closest friends have cried on the phone with me. Look, it's cool. That's safe with, like, bruh, mm-hmm. do what you need to do because those tears might stop you from being on a obituary. Mm-hmm. Those tears may stop you from doing something crazy that's going to have you ended up in jail. That's real and shit. And it may motivate you to do something. So it's just providing that safe space where, and I and I know this is about to sound weird when I say it, but it's a safe space for a man to be vulnerable. And I think there's nothing weird. Yeah, there's nothing weird about that, bro. I think we need to stop that stigma that that's weird. There you go. See, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 implanted in us to think Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Did he just say that? Yeah. So it's just it got to be a safe space for a man to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with that vulnerability. Uh, let's CJ go because I'm still thinking a little bit. Um, let me go. Let me go before. Let me go before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got CJ going last for a reason. Okay. Um. I agree with everything that uh, Coop said. I'm probably going to agree with everything that y'all say because we're all um, individuals from different walks of life who kind of see some similarities in things. And uh, as a Black male who lost his dad young and then lost his mom in my early uh, adult life, um, I didn't start doing therapy until both my parents were gone mm-hmm. and I had the Tony Soprano approach to it. Like I'm a therapist, I'm going to go in there with my arms crossed. I'm not going to say nothing. Um, this is stupid. Why am I even talking? People are going to think I'm crazy. And it wasn't until sitting in those sessions. I'm like, Oh, this is actually okay. Right. I can actually, um, I can actually go in and talk about things that's bothering me as opposed to, bottling them up and then walking outside and then somebody just nudged me by accident and it set me off on a completely different thing because I haven't addressed what um what's at the root of me feeling type of way or me um me being uh emotional about something um somebody said here I don't, I don't forget who it was but yeah just taking the stigma off vulnerability um, my wife just told me the other day, like, uh, my, my kids, we were in a, a closing parking lot and my kids usually run in the parking lot and I tell them, you know, wait till I wait, don't run too far so that I can't see you. Um, the other day, I like the parking garage, you can hear the screeching. It's not like somebody's coming up fast, but you can hear the screeching. I was on the phone and they were doing their normal run. I jutted across just to see like what the heck and thank god they weren't in harm's way my wife was like yo you should go in there and tell him you scared daddy like it's okay to let him know that he don't got to be tough all the time (laughs) he can actually um break that mold if he has to cry cry if he sees you cry it's okay like it don't got to be a oh man up or go in your room and like it's okay to let Mm -hmm. that side of you out and um 
I think just for black men in general, it's just if it's not an OG, if it's not an uncle, or a big bro, or somebody should be in place to tell you, like, man, let that cry out. I don't know what you like. You know, mm-hmm. stop, stop trying to be too tough. You're not too cool for school um, if you cry. Like, f out of here. Um, me and CJ at WrestleMania look when Kofi Kingston won and brought his kids yeah. to the ring. Me man, and CJ ball cried, yeah, cried together, yeah. I remember and that. MetLife Arena ball. Yep, yeah, that's a fact. And it was one of those things, and it was wrestling, and I was and, like, and it was Yo, okay. Let me, let me go call my son. Yeah, nah, and, yeah, and, and, and it was okay. okay. It was okay for us to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. it, that was that was something that I told you in the parking lot that day. I talk about every day since. That's something that I'm never gonna forget for the rest of my life. I've never, you know, what I'm saying like, it, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm never, but it's rare as, you know, saying black and brown men that we have those instances that trigger those kind of emotions from us. And right, it's stop even talking. more. Stop talking. You stop talking. You stop talking. Before you start going, Vic. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with everything both of you said. Um, I believe. I believe. Um, like I obviously I grew up I grew up in an African um, culture so obviously like that's I don't, it's obvious that a lot of those things are told like they don't believe in mental health on certain they believe in mental health but it's in different it's in different dynamics and um for for instance and what I'm saying with that is that it's okay it's not really okay to completely um express yourself to everybody like to tell the story to everybody to you're consistently telling the same story all the time but at the same time it's also okay for you to say that something's wrong, you know what I mean? And to figure out a way to compartmentalize it. But I believe that, like, I believe there's different narratives that come with black men not being vulnerable. And I personally never experienced, I've never experienced that in my peer group. I think everybody is kind of vulnerable. Like we all, I I don't know. I never, I've seen people be kind of like, yeah, I'm tough. I don't got to talk about stuff here and there. But most of the time I've talked to people that, you know, like you grow up in New York, they say if you grow up in the projects, all of that kind of stuff, like, oh, those type of people are the hardest and stuff like that. But I've been around, I grew up in those situations. I, I grew up around people that would talk to all of us about what's going on with their mom, what's going on with their stepdad, what's going on with their parents in jail, that if they, they didn't know their father, things like that. And I mean, I was, I was always vulnerable too. I mean, like I'll cry if something crazy was happening and if the cops was making me feel a certain type of way. I mean, I never felt there was anything wrong about any of that. I think that I think also in I, in my lifetime, I've seen the narrative kind of change a lot because we talk to each other about a lot of a lot of things and a lot of things that people would quote unquote say that that's vulnerable. I, I've never experienced that too much with any of my friends or anything like that. You know what I mean? Or in, in my lifetime, I felt like a lot of, but maybe I've just been blessed a little bit. I also think I've been blessed for people to feel like I'm the person they could open up to. So. I've been able to like listen to a lot of people and share my own insecurities or whatever it is that or whatever I'm going through, but not all, I'm not going to lie. It's not all the time. Sometimes I'm not going to talk about things unless I really, I can really identify with it. Like if I don't know what I, what's really wrong yet, I won't go and talk to somebody else about it yet because then it's like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just talking about a whole bunch of things, but um, that's my, I have, I have people in my life that I constantly will call and be like, and, and whatever, if you break down or talk about how I'm aspiring or try to find some optimism if I'm looking at, at things pessimistically. So that's my that's my take. I think mental health is very important. And I think a lot of black men, I, like, just before I get off, I feel like every black man should write an autobiography. So, mm, that's, a, that's a good idea. That's like, I, I think that I love reading other black male autobiographies from all over the world. 
I think American black men are, are like a evolving culture and they're kind of the one of the most interesting um, human beings that have dealt with a lot of different types of changes in their eras of growing up and just like the short time that they allow us to be to, to grow as um as a culture. And I definitely believe that every black man should write down their lifestyle, their 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 life vulnerabilities or their accomplishments or things that they went through. So a lot of us can learn from it. So in the future too. And yeah, and that's it. Dope. DJ. I agree with that. Um, um, so it's it's crazy that we're talking about this subject now, and especially at this time period with it being a new year and everything, because um 2021 was uh I would say from 2020 to 20 through 2021 was like a crazy roller coaster in my life. Like I went through a whole bunch of stuff and my life, uh, you know, without getting too deep into it, I've been through so much in my, you know what I'm saying, short lifespan. I've been through everything from, you know what I'm saying, uh, foster homes when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying, child abuse. Uh, I didn't really have like the best, you know what I'm saying, upbringing and everything like that. And I was able to, like experiencing those experiences, uh, it made me and my drive a little bit different. I was able to turn things around to where I was, you know what I'm saying? I got to do crazy things in my life that I never thought I'd be able to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ring the ring the bell on Wall Street. Like, you know what I'm saying? I rang the bell for the stock exchange uh, through one of my previous jobs. I've been I've been employed by just like, you know what I'm saying? Mad different uh, um, high profile uh, companies. I've, you know what I'm saying? Got to travel. I've got to, you know what I'm saying? Experience things. Like I've been to numerous WrestleManias with the good brother that's hosting this podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've done, I've done so much things without, through in that time. And like, um so throughout and I've always been somebody that like I was always iffy on religion and being vulnerable because I was just you know what I'm saying the way I was brought up it was like you don't you don't you know what I'm saying you don't talk about those things you just you know what I'm saying put it to the back and you know what I'm saying you let it you either you either let it make you or break you that's how I was brought up it was either you know what I'm saying you're gonna let it you're gonna let it drive you to do whatever you want to do and be as successful as you want to be or you're gonna let it destroy you and that's just that for you it, the ceiling is what you're looking at right now and that's that and so um, it wasn't until 2020 and 2021 where I started like, you know what I'm saying, finding myself a religion. And 2021 was one of the first years that I even started praying since I can remember, like, you know what I'm saying? I started getting heavy in my prayer and, you know what I'm saying? I would watch services and it, that was like the first year that, you know what I'm saying? I've been with my, with my girls six years now. We have two children. 2021 is the first time that I ever got down on my knees and I prayed with her. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I it was the year that I, you know what I'm saying? I, I finally spoke and said like, yo, I'm tired of, I'm tired of no matter how happy I think I'm telling myself, I'm tired of always being angry. Like I'm tired of holding on to things from when I was a child that I'm tired of, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know what I'm saying? Carrying that baggage and not being able to say that I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, you know what I'm saying, not being able to say that I'm not okay because of that shit. I really, I'm tired of not being able to say that that shit really didn't, you know what I'm saying, it really didn't make me feel the best way. Or, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it you know what I'm saying, that it bothered me. It was, it was tough for me to even say that shit bothered me. That's how crazy it was. And so in finding myself with that and kind of turning my life around in that aspect and being able to say, yo, you know what? I don't like this. You know what? I do need to pray. You know what? I do need to talk to my girl. I do need to treat her a little bit better. I do need to address these things. You don't realize how rare that is amongst our people until you start to sit back and kind of look at it yourself. Like, yo, I know I did this, but when's the last time I ever spoke to one of my homies and he said that he wasn't okay? 
Or when's the last time I even asked my homie, like, yo, you know what? How was your day today, bro? How you doing? Like, how was what's going on with you at home? Do you need like you need to talk any, to anybody about anything or anything like that? And so Corey being one of the good friends that he is, he's always been somebody who has extended that olive branch on that level. And that's what's crazy why he said, like, before we even did this podcast and when we talked about it and when we came up with the with the topic and where we wanted to go with the show, he hit me on a text one day. I forgot, I forgot what day it was, but he hit me on the text randomly. And he's like, yo, before we watch the before, before we do the podcast, bro, have you seen that new DMX documentary that came out? And I was like, nah, I haven't seen it yet. He's like, you need to see that before we even do this episode. And I'm like, I bet I'm gonna sit and watch it. And so I watched the documentary. And I had my comments on X because, of course, that's, you know what I'm saying, a legend, New York hip-hop. We all grew up to his music. That's, you know what I'm saying, X is forever going to be who he is. But then it's crazy how today played out and that we talking about this podcast today because today I got to sit with my girl and watch the Juice World podcast. I mean, the Juice World uh, documentary that's on HBO, too. And so it's like you got to see how old school minds dealt with mental health and everything through the DMX documentary. But then you see how our younger brothers and how the new generation is dealing with everything through this Juice World one. And it's like, yo, like it's like night and day, honestly, if you watch those two documentaries back to back. Because the DMX shit, we found out everything that, you know what I'm saying, we kind of knew. We had heard stories, but we never really knew, you know what I'm saying, concrete, word for word, what would happen in this young man's life to make him the way he was or to uh, kind of influence some of the decisions or, you know what I'm saying, kind of, kind of give you reason for some of the dark moments that he had. And then you got somebody that like this young brother, Juice World, who was the documentary is going to show you this. This dude is probably one of the most talented musicians and rappers that I've seen in the past. Maybe I want to say 10 to 15 years. The documentary shows this kid freestyling off the top of his head numerous times for five minutes a piece, six minutes a piece on a beat off a beat like yo they hear the mumble rap records and they don't understand that this kid was as talented as some of the rappers that we listened to growing up and he had a heavy 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 uh you know what i'm saying situation as far as his mental health goes the kid was always talking about dying he was coming off the head with all of these lyrics and every yo his friends in the documentary are saying like they asked them at one point and towards the end and they're all like you know do you think he really wanted to die and they all say yes because every time that he would rap off the top of the head and every time he would get these lyrics flowing and he was able to express himself with no filter, the kid was talking about dying at 19 years old. If that's not a red flag or that's not an alarm or that's not, you know what I'm saying, something that says that these conversations need to be had and these situations need to be addressed, I don't know what is. Because, you know what I'm saying, we're sitting here at 32, 33, 34, 30, 28 years old and we're talking about all of this. And we got 19-year-old kids that's talking to, like that's not even having these conversations and saying that they just want to, they just want out. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to experience none of the pain. They don't want to go through that no more. They just want out. That is a problem. You know, that's like a like I if, at one point I couldn't even sit through the whole documentary in one shot because I had to get up. It made me uncomfortable. It made you know what I'm saying, it made me it, I didn't, I didn't it was, it was, it was depressing, yes, of course, but it made me uncomfortable because it's like, yo. I got kids that's going to be that age soon. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got, you know what I'm saying? I got family. I got little brothers. I got, and it makes you, it, it makes you question yourself. Like, yo, do they feel like this? And is it possible that they feel like there's not a safe space? Is It's not comfortable for them to say something or that they don't have nobody to talk to or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be. And it's like, it, 
it comes down to what we said earlier in the discussion and it's something that we need to change as a people we need to be more we need to be more open we need to be more uh you know what i'm saying receptive to healing I, like i said the these past two years have been crazy. I'm somebody I haven't spoken to my father in like six years. This year, I, you know what I'm saying? He had a different situation. I reached out to him. We in the process of healing our relationship. I had old friends who I cut off, you know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to Naji, who he's a man who had his own problems and his own, you know what I'm saying, situations that he was dealing with. I reached out to him recently. We spoke briefly. We didn't even get to get in contact with, like, you know what I'm saying, in depth how we wanted to, but we mended the, the situations that we had and we able to say that there's no bad blood there no more. I'm, I'm on a really heavy healing journey right now. I don't, I don't think it's okay for us to be walking around with these things in the back of our mind and these feelings and these, you know what I'm saying, opinions and and you know what I'm saying, and no avenue to address these or no avenue to express them or no avenue to, you just got to bottle that up. The worst thing that you could do is bottle it up and not have nobody to say, yo, I need to get this out. Or I need, you know what I'm saying? I need somebody to hear this. And it's a great point that you brought up, Vic, because I think that everybody should write a book or, you know what I'm saying? Or even if it's, it doesn't even have to be an autobiography. It could just be, you know what I'm saying? You could, make it fictional make base characters off people however you need to do it to me however you need to do it to get it off your chest and it for it to heal you for it to mean something and possibly help somebody else out that's something that we definitely need to do as people because that's that that could be the difference between somebody wanting to to to, to do something stupid to themselves like scott said or somebody feeling like yo you know what i could change this and i could i could do things differently i could talk to people i got avenues for me to you know what i'm saying reach out to and 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 that right there is the difference that we need in order to start changing this tide. Because if we don't, it's just going to be a, a vicious cycle. It's going to be the same DMX documentary 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 from yet. It's going to be the same thing over and over. So that's, you know, that's what my stance on it. It'll be the Antonio Brown documentary next year. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, powerful, powerful words from all of you. Um, uh, Vic, Coop, do you guys got anything before I wrap up? Uh, on a serious note or a lighter note? You can do a lighter note because we about to okay. go to a lighter portion that he has. Uh, about the uh, Vic, that is my first time meeting you. I love the the stylish stick. I, I hope I'm saying it. Uh, the back of your wall. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love that. I'm a hip hop head. I I love the that. fact that you got Eminem there, brother. I love that right there. Yeah, they yeah, try yeah. to shun my man. They try to shun my man like he wasn't killing it out here at one point. Nah, yeah, and I got I got Jay Z all on the on this wall. That's all Jay Z on the other wall. Y'all can't see, but yeah, <laughs> that go. that G Unit background. So, quick question for Victor: yeah. What was the best G Unit album outside of Get Rich? The best G Unit mm. album outside of G Unit. Yeah, that's G Unit album. Any member? Not, any member? Not, not any group. member? Any Hold member? Any Regular member. album, mixtape, because you know I'm like G Unit the future, G Unit is the future type cat. And um, let's go. Regular you know, album, regular album. Regular album, the best one outside of Get Rich and I Try It. I'll tell you mm -hmm. right now what I think. Let me see. Um, it might. Damn, I can't make. I, I got mine already. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. You know, I'm gonna say, Scott. You know what I'm gonna say already. Uh. 
I'm, I'm, it's a toss up right now between the massacre and um, Lloyd Banks' um, first joint, Hunger, Hunger, yep. for, Hunger for More. Hunger for More. Yeah. Hunger for More is the one. Hunger for More is the one. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, all of those things on there was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Coop, um, Coop this is your first time up here. You don't know how we usually get down, but uh, I do request down? a show. I request a show a movie from everybody before we depart. It doesn't got to be something that's unseen. Uh, it could be something that you just started rewatching, something you came across, it could be a documentary. Um, if you want some time, I'll give you some time. CJ, you yeah. sit here so you know how this goes. Uh, that's a fact. I got three for y'all. I got a three-piece today. So first things first, Cobra Kai season four is out. If y'all haven't seen that, make sure that y'all go see that. That's straight fire right there from my nostalgialistic cats, you know what I'm saying, Karate Kid and all that. Uh Second one, actually, this one uh, my girl put me on to. We ended up watching a couple episodes together. I thought it was a cool little show for the girls or whatever the case may be. It's a uh, Harlem on on Amazon Originals, or Amazon Prime. It got like mm-hmm. Megan Good and all of them. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Sex in the City, but with like a black twist on it. Black like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super super dope. I like that one. Um, she's gonna get a kick out of that. And uh, the fourth one, I mean, and the third one is definitely that Juice World documentary. If you, especially you know, what I'm saying for my older cats who's uh who are, you know, a little bit more hip-hop heads, like you, Vic. Like, I know Scott, you a hip-hop head. Corey, you a hip-hop head. If, you know what I'm saying, somebody who, you know, he was a young kid, his life got cut short, his career got cut short. But I think that that's going to give um, the hip-hop heads a different outlook on his music and how dope he was as an artist. Because I went from somebody who was thinking that he was just a mumble rapper that was like, you know what I'm saying, a flavor of the moment team. And now I kind of really respect who he was as a rapper and a lyricist. And he was actually one of the new rappers that got praised from the dudes that I listened to growing up, like Eminem and like, you know what I'm saying, all of those dudes for his lyrical ability and the fact that he could freestyle so crazy. So I think that that watching that documentary will give you a different outlook on who he was as a person and kind of make you respect who uh, his music and his artist and history and his grind a little bit differently. So I think it was definitely a dope documentary and I think everybody should check that out too. Into the abyss, Vic. Uh, yeah. So what I've been watching, I watched Succession. Succession, that's uh, an HBO. Yeah. And I was watching and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm tuned in. I'm tuned into the power of Ghost Two. Oh yeah, that's okay. a fire, fire. Yeah, that shows yeah, okay. fire. I'm tuned into that, and um, uh, I guess uh, doc- documentaries and stuff like um, I don't know. I watch a lot of lectures on um YouTube. I think they should. I think there's a there's there's a couple of Dartmouth lectures that that talk about like the um CIA and um so Pat uh, well Valuetainment. This dude Pat but David. He has a he has an interview of an old Al Qaeda bomb maker. I think that's a good one. If you guys, if anybody wants to sit down and watch like how Al Qaeda used to recruit people and um, do um, have people study bombs and how those things worked out and how they got um, inf- like infiltrated the CIA and stuff like that. I think you should watch that interview. It's pretty interesting. Is it called the bomb maker? I, I don't know, forgot the guy's name, but if you type in Pat Bet David or Value Tainment on YouTube and type in Al Qaeda bomb maker, it'll, it should it should pop up. All right, what the guy's name. Coop, you need me to go? Or are you good? Uh, go, go, go. I, I'm trying to think of one more thing while you uh, while you go. All right, since we on docs uh, and uh, you're listening to this probably the day afterwards, but um, four hours at the Capitol on HBO. Okay. If you haven't seen it, you probably, like me, uh, it was suggested in the group chat. I didn't watch it until recently because I was just like, I don't want to see it. But it was really good. Four hours at the Capitol. Uh, it's a year an- year anniversary of uh, what 
took place. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. it's wild. I watched it live last year, but watching this doc was like, fam. It was crazy. What in the world? But yeah, that's my uh live at the Capitol on HBO. Coop, you up. Yeah, I'm gonna catch that. Okay. Uh TV show. Definitely since we're talking about mental health and trauma and things like that. This is us. Oh um, man, the saddest okay. show on the planet. This, this nigga. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is us. All right. This is us. Uh, I would say movie. Good movie. That's the newest movie because I'm so simple with my movies. Like I watch all the Marvel things, yeah. but if I could give you a good suspense movie that is, I like to find underrated uh, suspense movies and thriller movies. Primal Fear. That's an old school movie, and mm-hmm. uh, Just Cause. Just Cause is a, a really good suspense movie on top of that docs i haven't seen none that caught my eye lately i'm gonna take a look at the ones that you all suggested but um i'm i'm more of the i'm, I'm starting to get into the podcast world a lot now and you listening to that. hey welcome to whatever face <laughs> <laughs> i would say um listen to joe button's breakdown of the meg and tory situation Oh, it's I heard that. Crazy. That was good. That was as good. Crazy <laughs> as he says stuff. He actually made a lot of sense with some stuff. And I was mm-hmm. just like, yo, usually button be off, but mm-hmm. mm, this is this is interesting here. So I ain't gonna lie, Corey. We might have to have a whole nother episode where my boy get acquitted. I ain't gonna lie. We might have to have a whole nother episode where he get acquitted, I, bro. I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to have that you conversation. Kn- you know I'm coming up here to talk crazy when he gets here. I'm coming yeah. up here to talk crazy. Yeah. I, yo, also, I want to say I watched um, No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. I like that. Yo, how is that? Yeah, it was fire. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was fire. And um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that series, so I got to check that out. I ain't gonna oh, lie. my bad. I forgot to say one. Sing 2. There we go. Boom. Got it. <laughs> Sing 2. And the Sing last 2 was great. <laughs> and the last <laughs> and it won't no kids around. Straight adults. <laughs> and, and the last one is, um, yo, because that dude, Max Julian, just passed away on the first. So everybody, if they didn't go watch the Mac, they should go watch Oh, the yeah, movie. of course. Yeah, the classic. Yeah, that's a fact. That's, that's a, a fact. Classic. If any, I'm about to pull that up right now. That gotta be. I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm keep some of these for the next time y'all come up here. Uh, I know y'all. I know y'all. Again. I know y'all watch Judas and the Black Messiah, right? I know y'all yeah. all watch that movie. Of okay, course. I was just okay. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Of course, I have um, friends that didn't watch that. So. Um, again, uh, for your mental health, uh, please understand. Prayer is good. Prayer and therapy are great. Absolutely. Um, Reach out to people that you feel comfortable talking to. You got uh, a friend circle here uh, and whatever face that we can probably put you in connects with people that we may know. Um, I'm not putting anybody on blast. I'm just saying that you don't know unless you reach out. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Something that doesn't get said often. I love all of you gentlemen up here. Thank you for your time. Uh, Thank you for- You uh, you know that. Coming up here to kick it. Um, Guys, get your excuses ready. Uh, I I told one of my coworkers today, and this is very crazy, but hey, whatever. Um, Now is the time where you can tell your boss you got a positive rapid test and get you some paid time (laughs) off. So. (laughs) 
<laughs> so well, I might sell my rapid test. That thing going for Jordan resale market right now. I ain't gonna lie, yeah, it's crazy out there for a test right now. I ain't gonna lie. Nigga, you get a positive test right now. That's a quick week off of work. So that's uh, a fact. Get your get your excuses ready. Make sure you say it's positive. No, no, make sure you say it's positive on a Monday, too, so you can get the full five days. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Don't don't There's waste more days your positive if you test on a Friday. Well, before you before you de- before you dip, um, who's the who's the best um artist out of G Unit to you? That's easy like, for me. Like lyrics wise and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's nobody's touching banks in that. I mean, the closest honest was game. Yeah. Buck, but now the thing is, is that Buck had one of my favorite verses in the Gina crew came from Buck, and that was work magic. He oh, yeah, snapped that's, on yeah, banks. He went crazy. Yeah, he went crazy. Yeah. Yeah, on that, crazy. and he snapped on um, what was it on Beg for Mercy? Uh, walk with me. It, walk yeah, with yeah. me. He snapped on that. But no. Yo, but you want to know it was crazy? Joint when it was like, you want to know it was crazy? No. The best Banks is without a doubt the best G Unit oh, artist. Easily, but Game is the best rapper to come out of G Unit, and his best work came years after he was out of G Unit. Because to me, mm. Game's best album besides the documentary is Jesus Peace. Oh, Jesus Peace is friend. undoubtedly Jesus Peace. Yo, Jesus Peace. I listen to that album today and still get the same reaction from it. That mm. album is bananas from front to back. However, you want to cut it, every yo, that album is a is a to me, that's a masterpiece right there. Like that album. Yo, is, yo, yo. All right, all right. I'm gonna jump in because this can be a four-hour-long podcast, but three of you are gonna come back up here. We're gonna talk music next that's time. A fact, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um <laughs> Nah, all three of you for real. This is this has gotta happen. All three of you again. We, we'll work it out. Together. You know what? I but, owe you. I owe you one for this long. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the air now. When you film, when you record next week's episode, I'm gonna come back up here. Whatever topic you got, I'm here for it. So just let me know when you're ready to record, and I'll be here next week. Well, we gotta start off with the hottest topic: Wayne and Jay Z versus. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Here you know we what? Go. All right, all right. We're y'all. doing that next week. We're doing that next week. for the uh, south. <laughs> all you niggas, you 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 in North Territory? Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> That's ready. why I said it. I, I hollered you niggas. Uh, I appreciate all you and I holler. All right, bro. Copy, it's been copy. a pleasure meeting all of y'all, yo. No doubt, bro, bro. Likewise, likewise.